0: Hey, DT fam, we have another podcast for you to check out from the Pleasure Podcast Network, Cocktails, Dirty Discussions, hosted by the hilarious Medina and Kiki. I absolutely love this show. It is one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. So check out this clip from their show and let us know what you think.
1: What's up, you guys? We are Cocktails or Discussions. I'm Kiki Said so, And I am Medina Monroe. And if you love talking about dating in today's world, all the things in between, check out our show. Yeah, take a listen to one of our favorite episodes. Mm. Everybody <laughs> fluid for real. Everybody just going with the flow goddamn. Yes, Some you. women can't call themselves fluid if you try not to eat pussy. No you're way? talking about, well, I don't eat pussy. But you're scared <laughs> of a little fluid. Don't be a little scared of fluid now but if you fluid. You that no. fluid tastes good. Mm-hmm. If you have been dating
0: someone for six years, and you find out that your boyfriend of six years is your brother. Like full,
1: both same parents.
0: It'd be it's weird if dramatic. they do stop. They had family reunions and you looking at it like, damn, I know my sister got good pussy. <laughs> I'm
1: going to mm-hmm. stay. <laughs> Check out new episodes of Cocktails Dirty Discussions every Thursday on your favorite podcast app or YouTube.
0: april 7th is what we've decided on okay if i'm not in a visa then i'm gonna go (laughs) if i'm not in a
1: visa i love the way you
0: started (laughs) i gotta find my european lover right (laughs) oh my god i'm here for it if it's a spanish woman mm. i want someone french because i i'm french i'm french French citizen
1: i'm fluent mostly anyway okay we're gonna talk at lunch
0: Are you good? Okay, hi. Welcome back, Double Teamed fam. How are we doing today? Uh, We brought Nadej back. Say hi, Nadej. Hi, Hi, everybody. (gasps) Um, Guys, I actually don't know what we're talking about today because Nikki and Nadej planned this, so (laughs) I'm going to let y'all take it from here. Mazel. Uh, Well, I thought, you know, before we get started on the topic that I wanted to dive into... Before that, you just released a book. I did. Do you it's, want to tell us more about it?
1: Absolutely. So, I wrote a book about sex astrology. Um, it's all about astrology and sex. So, I go over your secret erogenous zones, lust compatibility, sign by sign. But what's really fun about my book, which no one has ever done before, is I go over your erotic subconscious. Mm-hmm. So, every single zodiac sign has their own sexual subconscious. And a lot of people have really liked theirs. So I, I hope you enjoy it if you feel called to buy it. um, It's on Amazon and it's a number one bestseller. <gasps> we just hit the number one bestseller list on like three different ranking categories. So that's exciting. I, yeah, I, it's still like washing over me to be honest. Mm-hmm. And like, if you're watching the video version of this podcast, you could see that the book has this like stripe across that says not for sale. Cause literally like we're still so new in the launch of the book that all I have is the proof that I ordered like two months ago. Um, But when you get yours, it's not going to have a not for sale sticker. It's going to Well, it's going to tell you a lot of fun things. So,
0: Wait, do you base it on your, what do you base it On your
1: sun sign. Sun sign. So for anyone who's new to astrology, that is just the easiest placement in your birth chart to find, which is why I utilized that. Mm -hmm. But in the introduction of the book, I go over, if you are someone who goes to an astrologer, I break down exactly what to ask for. Things like your black moon Lilith, which showcases in your birth chart, your repressed sexuality and inner sexuality, what you feel shame about, what your taboos are, what your kinks are. Um, as well as other placements in a birth chart that would be important. If you want to know about your sex astrology specifically, and of course, I also do those natal chart readings. So you could go to PleasureScience.com to look at the book or look at a reading. Um, I yeah.
0: so Nadej did a reading for me once, and I know I've said it before on the pod, but it was phenomenal. <laughs> I loved it. And anytime people are like, I want to know more about astrology, and like they want to let, know more about like their own chart and like how it applies to like their sexuality and stuff like i send them right your way.
1: Oh, thank so, you. Yeah. I love it. I could talk. I just booked a bachelorette party where i did like nine charts back to oh back and i was staying God. at my dad's house at the time cuz this was over the holidays. Yeah. So i'm in like our living room like doing these readings and my dad the, and this is going on for like 3 hours and so i finally finish and i come out of the, like the living room that i took over mm-hmm. and then my dad is like you could literally talk about sex and astrology forever. I'm like i can. I love yeah. that. Uh, and shout out to actually, my dad who's so sex positive and lets me do sex astrology readings in my living room. Right. Or his living room. Yeah, his living room. That's <laughs> phenomenal.
0: My, my father's yeah. not like that. Um, yeah, I don't know if mom and dad would be chill with us being like, and actually, you know, this Mars conjunct placement means you're really going to love anal. They're being like, get <laughs> the fuck out of this house. <laughs> I Which really love that, that A Bachelorette booked you. Oh, my God. Because that it is so fun. fun. I remember yeah. when we went to a bachelorette party in Mexico last year, um grain and my understanding of astrology is like intermediate but i ended up
1: like really you're really every- good though sometimes you <laughs> oh. will text me and i'm like Damn, she like is, knows more about what's going on right now than I do. Like, uh, thanks, Nikki.
0: I do. I I try to stay up to date. I really love studying it, but I just I ended up doing like everyone's charts, and yeah. it was so funny because half of them were all Venus and Aquarius.
1: Whoa, I know. So
0: and I so I found it funny that my friend attracted a lot of people with Venus and Aquarius. I'm like, all of y'all are on the, you know, friends to lovers. Oh my god, <laughs> <train."> absolutely. <laughs> But anyways, well, um, guys, if you want to check out her book, it is on Amazon. We'll throw the link in the bio, in the description, all of that. But yeah, get you a copy. I did see uh, there was a girl that went to our live show and she posted that she got a. oh yeah yeah she uh, got a copy jury jury yeah. yeah oh yeah oh we love, love jury. yeah oh my
1: god jury got a copy like on launch day uh, like ah! just the best she's yeah. awesome I um anyways
0: her. yeah i saw that and i was like yes
1: yeah. and she i think she's aries aries yeah, yeah. aries and her partner's a scorpio oh <gasps> Ooh. Yeah, I did jury's sex astrology chart. A Mars oh. ruled
0: couple, right?
1: I'm I'm here spicy. for it. Yeah, spicy. Mm-hmm. I love that.
0: Okay, well, not to like completely do a 180. No, I guess I mean well. It's not a fully 180, but like to get more serious with the topic. <laughs> we, I was telling Nadege about the episode that is the body by where I was just questioning, you know, based on like my own personal reflection. I was like, you know, I feel like my romantic pattern is very, like, heterosexual, but my, like, sexual and physical, like, attractions are bisexual. Um, And sometimes I really do wonder if it hadn't been for my daddy issues if I wouldn't have gone for men.
1: But that's a story
0: for another (laughs) time.
1: I really do wonder that. I mean, Uh, I think our issues absolutely affect our sexuality and our desire. Yeah,
0: But yeah, I guess kind of the question was, or I told Nadege about how, you know, I was just questioning the separation of, like, our romantic attractions versus our physical attractions or sexual attractions and such. And she had a lot of great, like, research. Yeah. And loved the thought of the discussion. So I thought, okay, let's dive into it because... You know, when I initially spoke about it, I was just kind of like throwing out the questions out there. And I love people's responses. I had people that messaged me and they're like, oh my God, this is me. There was a guy, he was like, I'm romantically attracted to women, but like sexually, I love men. And I'm like, love that. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like more it's men are like that than common. they. It's yeah. Like
1: I see it quite often. Oh yeah. So um, yeah, it's something that's incredibly common. I also think like right off the bat, we got told an incorrect story about how humans evolved. Like we often think we evolved from apes, but we actually evolved from the bonobo chimp. And it's really important to understand the distinction with how these mammals mate, because we were kind of conditioned to believe over the last 2000 years with the rise of Islam and Judaism and Christianity that, and also like the needs of what we needed to survive. Like we needed a nuclear family to survive Often.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. like a lot
1: of the time over the last 2,000 years, but also like these very dominant religions that influence the dominant culture that we live in, mm-hmm. like they have a certain narrative. Oh, and yeah. at a certain point, I don't remember what year this was, but I I think it was maybe two centuries ago, um, thinking about like education curriculums and how to teach, you know, humans about where we came from. There was a group of people who kind of decided that we were going to teach humans that we evolved from apes, even though we did not, because Mm. apes have a more monogamous mating style. Mm. And that was the preferred narrative in the dominant cultures. But we actually um, evolved from the bonobo chimp. And get this, they are very, very sex positive. So these chimps, like they really like sex, just like a lot of animals. But if a woman chimp, or a chimp with a uterus, I should say, um, let's just say this chimp had sex with, Uh, a chimp with a penis got pregnant, but didn't have sex with any other chimps with a penis. The other chimps in that community would kill the child when it was born because of just um, like, it was like a survival instinct. Like I want my spawn to be the one to survive. (gasps) So what the chimp would do who has the uterus is she would fuck or they would fuck every single other chimp, every chimp with a penis in the community because Then none of the chimps would know whose child it was. And then there was no longer a threat. Sex was literally just, you know, a great equalizer. Like, I'm fucking all of you hoes. (laughs) I'm going to have as many kids as I want. And none of you are killing my kids, you know. And, And that's it. And so that was how those animals would mate. And they would also mate for pleasure. Um, and we are evolved from those mammals. So I would argue, as a sex scholar, that our instincts with sex and having sex and desire outside of romantic desires or needs, because those are different. But when it comes to your pure sexuality, I think we're all just down for whatever. Mm. And we're way more down for whatever than we might think. And that, you know, there's taboos and things we hide from ourselves or others, like being a man. Who might enjoy fucking men, but wants a romantic long-term attachment to a woman. Like there's no right or wrong way to be as long as you're being open and kind to everybody. But yeah, I think we're a lot more fluid and a lot more sexually like polyamorous, I guess for lack of a better word, even though that relates more to relationships. But still, I think we're a lot more open than we have been conditioned to think that's fascinating isn't
0: it reminds me of i read the book sex at dawn did you ever read it no it's a good one and it talks about the bonobo it also talks about like some of the other like all the animals um or mammals that are like non-monogamous and how like most of them are non-monogamous but only a select few are monogamous yeah but do you think then is that like why perhaps like the body might respond to things sexually yeah. like when our when like in our minds we're like oh we're not supposed to respond sexually to that. Like a man that's conditioned to think that like he's supposed to be with a woman but then mm-hmm. his body's like reacts is turned on by him, you know, a man or whatever. Yeah. Then is that why there's kind of like that disconnect I feel
1: like? I'm sure. And you know what's also interesting? Like there's a lot of um lesbians who find gay male porn attractive and like that's really hot. Like you and your romantic preferences are not always going to indicate sexually what turns you on, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, think of also all of the, like, there are so many turn-ons in BDSM that are fun to explore in the safety of a scene that you negotiate with someone, like maybe being a, a baby and a, having a daddy. Mm-hmm. But then in real life, romantically, you may not want to date someone who's 30 years older than you because you'd be a caregiver, mm-hmm. you know, way sooner than maybe you'd like to. Yeah. Um. And hmm. so... Like, when we think about our desires, like, I mean, and it's actually another really interesting thing about your brain. There's this thing that our brain does, it's called misattribution. And this explains why horror films can really turn us on, even if, like, you're someone like me and, like, I can't watch, I like love hate them because I will be up for weeks. But then, like, when I'm watching it, I'm like so titillated. But (laughs) I like get really turned on when I get scared. I'm just like, oh my God, they're all gonna die. Someone hold me. I'm scared. Um, But anyway, misattribution is really. Interesting. So when you are aroused and aroused, even though we connect it to sex can mean many things. It can mean you're anxious. It can mean you're scared. Your body's way of being aroused is going to have the same physical response, regardless of if you're sexually aroused or let's just say you're scared, for example, or anxious where your heart rate's going to increase. Your focus is going to get laser focused. You're going to start sweating, you know, so there are these things that your body does and then your brain start trying to make sense of what your body does is doing looks for a reason why you're feeling aroused. So like, are you camping and a bear just walked into your camp? Oh, you're aroused because you're frightened. Um, Oh, are you like going on a roller coaster with your crush and you've never been on a roller coaster before but you also like hate roller coasters but you really like your crush? Well, now you're aroused and scared and your brain doesn't know what to do. And then fast forward to like a scary movie your brain could misattribute and think, oh, you're turned on when really maybe you're predominantly scared or maybe you're both. But it's really interesting. So your brain also like our brains are constantly trying to look for reasons why things are happening
0: on the body, you know,
1: on the body, also uh, in general. Right. Yeah. Like if you think of a guy who doesn't text you back, like your brain is like, why did you do that? Yeah. You know, so your brain is like this subconscious computer that is always trying to make meaning. Yeah. Right. But when it comes to the feeling of arousal in your body, like your brain could literally feel you getting aroused. And if you're not in actual danger, like a bear walked into your camp. For example, you're on a roller coaster, like mm-hmm. with your crush, but you hate roller coasters. Your brain could be really like, well, you feel aroused, but you also feel scared. Maybe these are the same emotion. Um, and, you know, that could explain why you might get really addicted to that feeling and become someone like me who <laughs> love, hates scary movies. But then again, yeah, thinking of just like how uh, like that physical experience of arousal and attraction can be very separate From the romantic needs, desires, or thoughts that you have. Or what you think you want romantically.
0: Does that apply to anger? Because sometimes when Mm, I get upset... It I does. start
1: feeling like aroused and I'm yeah. like, no. Nah! Oh, 100% it does. Not- Thank you for saying that because I forgot that one. Yeah. yeah anger, anger, anxiety, fear, and sexual arousal.
0: And I yeah. that was actually one of the reasons why sometimes I loved um, arguing with my ex-husband. Oh my, you're not alone. Was because I was like, I would get so turned on yeah, and then I'd be like, let's fuck yeah. we have, like angry sex
1: oh my god but There's, like yeah. but it
0: but i i get mad at like a variety of like people or things or whatever and then i'd start feeling aroused and i'm like i'm not attracted to this person yeah. like why uh, anyways from a so, spiritual
1: perspective i wonder if a reason why we get angry but can also get aroused is because we need a release mm. and you know I'm doing a lot of research right now, which we could save this for another day, about like sacred sexuality and like how sexuality has manifested throughout different religions and different practices, different indigenous cultures, and just how sacred we've always thought it was as like human beings and central Mm -hmm. to like our existence and our nourishment and... Things like that. So, maybe like a reason why humans can get turned on <laughs> on their anchors. I'm like that too. Um, uh, also, what's interesting, and I discovered, I'm not alone in this, but I discovered it through personal experience. Um, when I'm studying, I get aroused. And I don't think it's because I study sex, because this would happen like in math, and I hate math. Um, <laughs> but I would notice this. Like, if I was studying in school, like even starting from high school, when I started to like notice that I was like a sexual being, I would study and get like frustrated because I wasn't understanding things and then I'd get aroused I think because I was frustrated and that's another you know arousing emotion anyway mm-hmm. Cammie you're making all the faces and I want to hear your thoughts because I feel like Nikki and I have <laughs> gone on our on our big tangent but what are what do you think well no I'm
0: just I, I guess I'm trying to process because when Nikki and I originally spoke of this I was trying to figure out like okay you know romantically I like men yeah like physically my body also loves men but you know there is that curiosity aspect of I still get turned on by women but yeah, I, there's, there's there's just a lot to unpack there. But I also yeah. think like, for example, when you bring up anger, mm. I remember one time my my ex-fiance and I were having a fight and we we're like yelling at each other and in the middle of the fight while we were yelling, like our bodies were like gravitating towards each other. Mm. and Like we started having sex while we were arguing and then halfway through, we were like, what are we doing? <laughs> um <laughs> And it was just, like, such a confusing moment. But, yeah, yeah. sometimes and – I, and I guess I was just trying to think, like, how my body, like, processes. Like, for example, when I am scared, when I am angry, like, am I getting turned on? Am I getting aroused? How often has that happened? I feel like it used to happen more in the past. Mm-hmm. And then lately, like, I don't know. Lately, it's not that I haven't had a sex drive, um, but it's, like, decreased a ton. So now I'm just sitting here thinking, I'm like, wait, why am I not, like, getting more aroused?
1: (laughs) so many reasons. I mean, you know, like, I also think it's very, very normal for sexual, like, your sex drive to do that, Mm -hmm. Um, especially if you've come, you're coming out of what I like to call a summer, where it's, like, sexually you were just like, yes, I feel aroused, everyone looks so beautiful, I feel open, I feel, like, abundant, maybe you're having tons of sex, or you just feel really sexual, like we have summers, but what comes after a summer, a winter, Winter. it's like the normal cycle of things. So I think like, we can get really hard on ourselves with sex drive. And I can see it happen specifically if we've just experienced a summer, again, a summer metaphorically, not like it was July, which you could have a summer during a summer, but you (laughs) can also not. Um, but yeah, you know, so
0: I definitely had that where like, yeah, I was, and actually I was talking about this to one of my friends with benefits last night. It was like, a year of like going absolute Mm. ham with (laughs) my sex (laughs) drive. And then this past year has kind of like decreased some. And now like it's been like it went like it hit probably it's like all time low. Mm-hmm. And now I find myself kind of like coming out of it a little bit, which is nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely I was like, you know what? It's, it's, it's just seasons, seasons yeah. of my sexuality. But it happens. I mean, like I do. Like, for example, I do look forward to now that, you know, the holidays are over, sex parties are starting back up again. Yeah. I do look forward to going to sex parties and like playing with women again. because mm. I haven't done that in it's october
1: we need to go if anyone is in los angeles i just want to plug bds femme also the deviant party um look up mistress justine cross and la dungeon east for queer um kinky events if you are interested in you know exploring your queerness through bdsm but yeah i agree boobs are just the best (laughs) like
0: i have a question And a lot of the times and here's one thing i A lot of the times, and not that I actually have never admitted this before, but when I'm having sex, Mm. I have to, if I think of boobs, I'll come quicker. Same. I love it. Same. (laughs) I sometimes literally have to think about, like, going down on a woman to come while I'm having sex with a man. And that's when I really started to question. I'm like, I don't understand this. And I think that's when I started, like, questioning my, like, my body's sexuality versus, like, my... Romantic sexuality? Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. Because yeah. I also think when it comes to your romantic preferences and needs, there is a different set of needs being met romantically oh, a yeah. lot mm-hmm. of the time, right? Like sexually, and we also, if you study neuroscience and pleasure in the brain, you get a lot of nourishment physically and emotionally from sex. So having casual sex is super healthy. Um, very good for your brain. Um, But also when it comes to your romantic needs, I think that those are often gonna be quite different. Not for all people, you know, some people I think through romance, get their sexual needs met. I think there's also a lot of people who need to feel affection and feel cherished, and you know, and exclusivity can also turn people on. So I think there can be the overlap of sex. I know we're, we're not, <laughs> know. we're not maybe like, those uh, people. I, but yeah, I
0: find it interesting that we had the same reaction because, yeah, yeah, immediately well, I was like, no. Because as soon as yeah. you said that, I was thinking, for example, I get a lot of my from. Relationships and from romance, I get a lot of like the safety that I need. Yeah, but like I don't pair my sexual preferences with that. Yeah, and, like so you're completely right in that sense. Like I f- I feel like for me, it's becoming more apparent that they're just completely separate. Like I don't, I, I don't. But know I feel like, like everyone that. when 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 people ask for your sexuality, especially heterosexual people, yeah. monogamous heterosexual people, no, y'all are great. But like <laughs> when people ask y'all, you base it immediately off of your, like, romantic interests. Yeah. So you're like, okay, well, I want, like, but when really, like, you have no idea what your body actually is attracted to physically. Totally. So, and I'm not saying that, you know, like, your people are wrong for not exploring what their body likes, but I think, like, the people are probably gonna find themselves in a lot of very confusing situations when they're, like, watching a movie. And, Mm -hmm. like, say you're a woman, heterosexual, married to a man, you're watching a movie, suddenly a girl's naked in front of you, and you're like, (gasps) oh, (laughs) Or like, or vice versa for a man, you know. Yeah. And then you're like, but I'm heterosexual and I like being with men and I don't want to date women. Okay, you don't want to date women. That's fine, but you probably want to fuck them, which is totally fine as well, as long as you
1: do it safely, consensually, and kindly. Yeah.
0: It's so weird because, like, for example, when I'm watching porn, I can
1: only watch lesbian porn. So yeah, I'm similar. It's really hot. Like I, I don't connect to. Penis porn. But for example,
0: for example, when I'm watching TV, Mm. so not porn, but TV, when I'm watching Mm. TV, when I see a heterosexual couple having sex, that turns me on. Because it's a story, the romance that they're building up.
1: It's not. Which (laughs) is where romance does bleed into our sexual preferences, because I do think that there is a certain level of like amorous behavior and respect that makes casual sex feel really good Mm -hmm. you know like for me to enjoy casual sex I do want to feel wanted I do want to feel respected Mm -hmm. like if I'm just yeah yeah. fine. yeah yeah and so like if there isn't and like there's also a little bit like it totally turns me on if someone like takes me to a nice dinner you know like there and that's a little that's that goes over into courting and romance but like I don't know I really like that even if it's casual like I think that you can also experience a lot of really fun flirtation and foreplay in terms of the energetic buildup to sex that doesn't even start like foreplay starts the moment you stop having sex frankly because you're always turning someone else on and you know. I think that we don't do ourselves a lot of favors when we think of foreplay only as like the before stuff you sex. do before sex or before penetration because it's so many things. And so When I realized for myself that foreplay, like the way I flirt is foreplay. Like I love doing like mental talks with people and Mm -hmm. connecting that way. So all that is foreplay for me. Um, And I forgot my thought. But um, oh, just how romance, it does matter. And it can matter in your sexual drive and and interests as well, you know? I think
0: like, for example, for me, a way that a dude turns me on, A, if they can make me laugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If the conversation's really great and they can yeah. make me laugh. Yeah. Um, and then, B, I love, like, little nice gestures.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and, like, forehead kisses. Those yeah. things will kind of, it will turn me on. When yeah. it comes to, like, women, I just need to see boobs. That's it. <laughs> That's, it. That's all I can I agree though like there and it's just the more I like really kind of like stop and think about like all the things that arouse my body like I'm not saying it's confusing but I realize just like the scope of like the way in which things like do arouse me for example like I remember I um, went on a date with a chef and I thought he was like handsome but like I didn't look at him and like want to jump his bones by any means Um, but like I went over to his house this was our first date I went over to his house and he like cooked a meal in front of me like literally just like grabbing random shit from the from the from the fridge and was like um yeah let's throw this on here and like all these things and i watched him the whole time as we like talked or whatever one of the best meals i've ever had in my life um he was i believe israeli i can't remember but he made like a sashimi thing and then he made like this like other pineapple that's talent fish (laughs) thing yeah anyways and at the end of that I was so aroused and I was like I have like zero physical (laughs) I shouldn't say zero but I have like a very low physical attraction to you but I'm very turned on by watching you do what you do yeah and so like so like there's that aspect like when people make me feel like safe and you know, respected all those things. Like, I get aroused from that totally. when people make me laugh and have like really deep conversation and like feel very vulnerable in their mind. Like, that turns me on. Yeah. Like, there, there's just such a variety of things. But like, I don't know. I'm not that I want to like categorize it all, but like, it's very yeah. different across the genders as well. Because sure. it's true when with women, if I'm just seeing an naked woman, I'm like, let's go, mm. <laughs> aroused, wet, <laughs> <laughs> as could be. Like. But with men, it takes so much
1: more. Yeah. For and that's sure. like what
0: i found really interesting i'm like i don't understand why like with men it has to like go through like all these hoops and then you know i watched a tiktok where the girl was like are you,
1: have you just internalized the male gaze and i'm like have i <laughs> maybe i don't think i have because i mean well, what do you mean by that like internalized the male gaze you know because
0: the male gaze gets pushed on us from such like a young age where it's like you know all you see are women with like thin Bodies, big boobs, nice curves, like pretty. Mm, So you you
1: mean that you getting turned on spontaneously by a naked woman is just the male gaze?
0: Possibly, maybe. But I don't know because I feel like the more I've explored that, the more I'm like, I don't think that's it. Because I, I don't know. I don't think that's it. But but she brought up a good point there. I was like, that's a solid point because if it's if that's something that's like pushed on us since we were since we're young, because that's what we see in the media and everything, you know, like. And that's what you see in movies most of the time is like very attractive women and they're like usually in skimpy outfits and stuff. Like Mm -hmm. even when they are cartoons or, like, PG-13 or, like, PG totally. movies, like, they're still, like, the, you know, they're mm-hmm. not in turtlenecks and baggy pants. It looks banging. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. So it's, like, you know, so it made me wonder that, too, like, is it just, like, a, a product of that? But I think once I actually started having sex with women, then I realized, like, it wasn't that. Yeah. Because it was such a bodily response. Totally.
1: I also think that, like, having different standards with men and women is also just, like, a reflection of you being smart about your surroundings and recognizing that like if you don't you know like vet a guy a little bit it probably doesn't also lead to a good situation like mm. oh yeah you I can know see that. and like a certain level of safety does need to be established and so I think when we just think on a very simple level like at least I know for me, if I'm a woman thinking of another woman, I instantly feel a little bit more camaraderie and safety. But if Mm -hmm. there's a guy who's cute, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, are you super excited (laughs) to get to know you? But like, yeah, are you weird? Or are you a misogynist? Um, Or are you like an awesome dude, which I find most dudes are awesome dudes. But Mm -hmm. you know, like, just try like, I definitely for me personally have a little bit more that I need to suss out. Yeah. I get that. Um, but with women like way like way less. Yeah. But yeah. but still there because women can be shitty. Um that's all true people, too. all genders can be shitty. All shind- yeah. Yeah. No, you're
0: right though. And I do think maybe that's kind of like a uh what would that be called? Mm-hmm. Um instinct kind of thing. Where yeah. yeah you yeah. know, you see male as a threat and then female as like a maybe less of a threat or whatever. Mm-hmm. But in the end, honestly, the you know the gender isn't going to necessarily dictate that. There are statistics, but we don't have to go down that. path. Um, <laughs> and I didn't mean weird in a bad way. Like I obviously consider myself to be, you know, have my own weird things. I meant more so in the sense of like, you know, behaviors that are not like, yeah, maybe not super understanding cool. boundaries. Yeah, or I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, that's
1: what I thought too. And I, because I'm, I'm super weird. <laughs> yeah, I
0: I, and I own that I'm weird. However, like it, I meant weird in the sense of like not picking up social cues, and or how are you know like what are what are their what what's what's going on in here? What are their yeah. thoughts? Do they yeah. act on their intrusive thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, That's but right. can we talk a little bit more about like romantic patterns? Yeah, because I would be curious to hear more about that.
1: For sure, there's some really interesting research on falling in love where humans fall in love. So first, there's something called liminence that happens when you're attracted to someone and possibly falling in love and this is what we can call the honeymoon stage mm-hmm. but it's it basically refers to that time where you have the rose-colored glasses mm-hmm. with a person or a new lover and this can last anywhere between six months to four years and studies find that the way to stretch out that honeymoon phase is to take things slow so maybe not moving in right away, not getting married right away. No judgment if that was your path though because I think that every person should should do what feels right for them in their journey yeah but um if you want to stretch out that honeymoon phase not taking you know taking things slowly can really stretch it out but then once you're past that honeymoon phase what really solidifies love for humans tends to be the patterns that are established so patterns that you grew up with could determine the people you're initially attracted to as an adolescent and young adult so for example if you were taught you know that neglect is normal or abandonment is normal, then that could be why you like are attracted to people who may not be the best partner and you can totally heal those things. But over time you can recognize that what becomes familiar is maybe someone texting you back when they say, or showing up when they say they're going to show up or like you can develop different patterns and establish those as the norms for reasons to fall in love. But yeah, I mean, our patterns make a huge difference. So if you're dating someone and they are, Activate the patterns that you've associated with love. You're gonna fall in love with them um, Or have a higher chance of falling in love with them um, Even if you don't know them that well, and that's how we can fall in love with people who are maybe toxic But then on the flip side That's also how you can become really conscious of your patterns and recognize like oh, okay so a pattern that I lust after is people who are emotionally unavailable And you can become conscious of that, start dating consciously, and then start recognizing that patterns that also make you love someone, like maybe look to your friendships. Um, Oftentimes when our romantic life is a hot mess, our friendships are really strong, which shows you that you do have romantic patterns or love patterns that can be more positive and more healthy. And so just looking at those patterns, for example, someone who cooks for you could have activated like a pattern in your brain and you were like, well, that's really hot.
0: Mm -hmm. It actually makes me think of um, my two current um, friends with benefits, sexual (laughs) partners, whatever the fuck you want to call them i never know this day and age uh people i sleep with loverships The loverships um they're both they're they both have blonde sisters and the majority mm. of the women they go for are blonde sisters and mothers mm. majority of the women they go for are blonde
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i'm like and i don't think either of them realize it but i'm like this is why like your sisters are blonde that's what you grew up with of course yeah. like that's what you feel like like that that those it's are familiar. patterns you recognize yeah, yeah. So then I'm over here with my dark ass hair, and I'm like, "How do I fit into this?" They're like, "Well, you still have a great ass. Like the hair color, I can look past."
1: <laughs> I'm like, "You okay. do. Both of you have great asses." Thank you.
0: No, <laughs> no, but but then it makes me think about like you know, for example, my both of my fathers are, well, my biological father was never really there, but like my stepfather, who I considered to be more of a dad growing up, he was always gone because of work, and he mm. was in aviation. And, um, like we, you know, he was always on these like crazy schedules, whatever. It's not that we didn't see much of him, but like that, that we just always understood that like, you know, he was a provider of the family, whatever. Anyways. And then who do I go marry? A pilot that's gone two weeks of every month. Absentee men. Absentee (laughs) men. And then my, you know, one of my current partners right now, he he travels for work all the time. One of the men that I sleep with, whatever. And then, um, the other one. It's very sporadic. So then I'm like, I, I realized that like one of the patterns I tend to go for is people that aren't consistently there. Mm. And if someone is consistently there, then I'm like, I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. can't do this. Totally. I, and and maybe I should have known this, you know, whenever my, before my ex-husband and I split, but I remember one time he was also, like, Nicole, stop hitting that stand. Oh, sorry. Anyways, I just remember one time he was like, I want to be home more. And I'm like, I think the amount that your home is perfect right now. <laughs> so then I was like, I was, maybe then I should have known that, like, you know, we saw things a little bit differently. But anyways, so I I think it's important for everyone to, like, discover what those patterns are and, totally. and be self-aware of it.
1: Totally. And, realize, and honor yeah, them because yeah. what I liked about, at least from what I heard from your story, was that, like, you recognize this pattern in yourself. But it's, like, nothing you're trying to change because mm-hmm. I think – that you know liking a certain amount of time away from your primary partner or significant other doesn't have to be a bad thing mm-hmm. and we've really created such a um system with regards to what is a valid relationship and what isn't and like these markers of like what means a relationship is working and what means it's not working mm-hmm. and i know several married couples who like both of them work um they have homes in several countries so they're not always together like there will be one of my friends her husband spends 3 months out of the year in his home country and she stays here, like they they spend time apart and they love it. Yeah. When she looks forward, and it's not like three months, it's like over the course of a year, he'll be gone two weeks here, a month there, da-da-da. Usually about three to four months throughout the year when you mm-hmm. add it all together. But she always looks forward to like having her time alone just in the house. And it's not even like to party necessarily, because he doesn't, you know, she can live her life, but it's more so she's like, I get to clean, I get to walk around the house with like just looking like a slob I get to you know like it's mm-hmm. it's all of these the self-intimacy and self-partnership mm-hmm. and that you get to experience I think a you masturbate without out. someone walking in absolutely yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I mean when I was engaged he was gone like literally half if not more of the mm. year so he'd, you also go for he'd be gone for three months come home for like a month or two be yeah. gone for three months come home for a month or two and it'd just be that cycle yeah but, yeah but I mean like my current My current partner doesn't travel a lot. I don't
1: know. I mean, you know, I think that you can recognize what you want to do with your patterns when you recognize them. Right. Like for Nikki, it sounds like having the distance isn't a bad thing. It's it's great for her. For you, it sounds like you met someone and you maybe don't need that pattern anymore. Or maybe that pattern just isn't. Meant to manifest in that relationship, you know, different folks, different strokes, different relationships, different patterns. Um, And I think the whole point of understanding this research is not to try to label yourself or understand yourself to the point where you're like, here's my like guidebook to understanding me for a new lover. (laughs) I think actually what the message is, is just to be open because you're always going to be changing or discovering new things about yourself and that everything you discover doesn't need to be fixed and to really question the status quo. Because we have some really um, discouraging messages about sex and relationships and some very strict, you know, lessons about sex and relationships. And why? We literally evolved from these fucking chimps who had sex with everybody. Mm -hmm. And then the community raised the babies. Mm -hmm. Like.
0: Yeah. Oh, my
1: dream. Yeah, right?
0: But I mean, I guess my question would be then like, Is that why I don't necessarily find romantic or a lot of romantic feelings for women because I don't necessarily have any patterns with women? (laughs) Maybe.
1: Maybe you don't have any patterns yet or any patterns that were, because like you said, we grow up in a world with the male gaze. Certain bodies are sexualized and they're sexualized in very specific ways. Mm -hmm. So I also, like, knowing you, you're attracted to people with some sort of, like, masculinity and dominance to them. Mm -hmm. So maybe the male gaze and the way women have been sexualized has been in a way that isn't as sexy to you. But if you were to stumble upon a woman and she has that masculinity that you can cause it happens all you know that you can find like in a cisgendered guy you find this in this like hot lesbian like it could activate all of those patterns but the only pattern that's shifted is the gender with which you're experiencing the patterns through that's so i point. think that like we're just we just see so many messages of a specific way um that maybe sometimes we don't also need to explore like maybe you like You could explore, like you could go to a new restaurant, but if you know that you like this restaurant and it gets all your needs met, I think it's also okay to like not explore if you don't want, you know, like all of it is, but, um, and maybe it is more like
0: a masculine anything rather than like a gender. Not that because I'm also, I consider myself to be like, uh, masculine energy and like for sure how i like in my motivation and my
1: drive like all those things i think i'm very masculine too yeah Yeah. and so
0: and i'm very like dominant in those ways yeah and so i always
1: i think you are masculine you have your you're like a gentle top
0: yeah i would agree yeah yeah Yeah, that's a good way to put it like a gentle but i wouldn't
1: fuck with cammy are you (laughs) kidding
0: me yeah, she definitely has her, yeah, her sides. So. Yeah, it does take a while to get there. But yeah, if you if you mess with me the wrong way, I might get it. But I always look for people that are like more masculine than me so that yeah. I can like actually like take a break. Yeah, and, for
1: And like, sure. relax and like receive. That's um, how I feel in my like romantic or sexual life too. Like I love, I feel like I'm very masculine. I'm very feminine. But in my sexual or romantic relationships, I like... I'm not activated by feeling my masculinity. I am activated by other things. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, So, yeah. And, yeah. yeah, same, yeah.
0: I'm like, I'm activated when I feel like I can actually like receive more. Yeah. And like not be like necessarily in charge. Yeah. So then maybe, maybe I just haven't really like, A, found any women that like have activated that within yeah. me. But yeah, I guess a lot of the women that I've like, you know, had sex with and stuff tend to be more kind of like the feminine, so mm-hmm. then I'm still kind of in that masculine kind of state, yeah. so to speak. So yeah I don't know it's all just like very fascinating to me. It really is. Yeah, And yeah like I said the more that I like sit there and like just try to like piece and like observe and like maybe not st- well yeah study like my body and then but also like my brain and like how they're aroused in different ways like it's just it's very fascinating to me and I've seen a lot of that by like just dating a lot of people yeah, and like opening myself to like people that I wouldn't normally like. For sure. I've been, I've gone on a lot of dates with people that I'm like, this isn't my typical like, you know, pattern or whatever, but I'm going to try it out and see how it goes. And like, Some of the times like I end up enjoying it and absolutely loving it. And I'm like, this is phenomenal. And other times I'm like, okay, this isn't for me. Totally. Yeah. So it's like And actually
1: on that vein, I wanna say something that I think is really important. That like your fantasies, sometimes, whether it's like a person you have been fantasizing about or like a sex act or whatever, sometimes it's not better in real life. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. And you can still enjoy the fantasy or come back to the fantasy and recognize that like in real life. Maybe it was not the right moment or maybe just in real life, it isn't as big of a turn on. Mm -hmm. Like there are some things that can turn me on so much when I'm masturbating that I tried to like make real in real life that instantly just made my whole body shut down. Like one of them was choking on a penis during like, uh, what is it called? Giving head. Wow. (laughs) Um, I study sex, everybody. (laughs) I'm so good at my job. Has it been a while since you've um, been in (laughs) a man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember like when I would see things growing up or see like porn, like I would see these images of like women choking on a cock and it did look pretty hot. And then um, I would like, when I would masturbate, like sometimes even thinking about that would like, it's sort of funny, kind of the inverse of you where like in my real life, I was definitely way more romantically interested in women. But then when I masturbated, like those things would turn me on. Mm -hmm. And I remember like dating this guy and being like, you could be really rough with me during oral because I thought in my head, like, well, super hot. And it was like painful and then I realized like oh if I have a cock in my mouth I can't communicate and say like ow (laughs) like you know or whatever yeah and like and then I was also younger so I was not fully confident enough to kind of just like give him signals like even putting my hand up and being like you know hey and so I definitely didn't feel like my friend slash lover did anything wrong but um but it was certainly like a moment where I was like but I'm so turned on by that. Like, and so I tried it several more times with him and then I was like, okay, it doesn't work with him. Then uh, like later when I was dating someone new, tried it with that person who was even more rough. And I was just like, okay, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, I don't know if it's like the way I was giving permission or if I'm just, if I just don't like it. I mean, at this point I'm at a point where I'm like, yeah, not, I haven't had a like physically in the real world haven't loved it as much, but I remember like going back to it in masturbation and realizing, but like when I masturbate, if I literally think of that, I will come. Mm-hmm. Like it really turns me on and just recognizing like, okay, you know what? I am just going to give myself a break and recognize that I don't really like it in real life so far. Don't think I'm uh, open to trying it again, but damn, if I don't love, you know, choking on a <laughs> dick in my brain, I don't know. Like, I love like that. I'll like, do I, it.
0: I'm trying to think, I'm like, do I? that I needed to, like, test out. See, but I ended up liking mine. I always had to, like, think about yeah. a woman in order to come and then I tried it out and I'm yeah. like, I fucking love it. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, at every sex party, like, I and actually I was talking about one of my, uh, I was talking to one of my friends with benefits last night. Yeah. And, um, and he thought I was, like, having a lot more sex at sex parties than I do. But, like, he was, like, I thought, and, like, all these guys at it. I'm, like, no. Half the time I'm either watching or trying to find a woman to go down on. And I'm not <laughs> always, like, the most, like, <laughs> I don't know why I get shy with women sometimes. But it's, like, at sex parties, that's, like, that's what I love to do. Is, oh, totally. Is at sex parties, yeah. I love
1: to just voyeur and watch. And I so... watch more than anything, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. like, that's mostly... What I do? Uh, well, I
0: was gonna say I don't know why people think like, oh, you go to a sex party, so are you just like fucking everyone? It's like, oh my god, totally half the yeah. time. No, I'm just staring at people. Yeah. <laughs> well, they I'd do say it. like not, most in of the, yeah. not, yeah. in not in a creepy way, not in a creepy. No, I mean
1: that's why you go because it's okay. You can do that there. Like yeah. it's like real life porn. It's amazing. I, but that's totally that's why I go.
0: I'm trying to think if I had any fantasies that once I tried them out, I was like, eh, not for me. Yeah, I really also none just come like, to mind. Sex parties just so I can. Hit and be hit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I also like sex parties because I like meeting people who go to sex parties because they're open minded and they're cool. Yeah. Yeah, they're open minded about sex and, you know, considering what we all do for a living. Like I think it's it can be refreshing to like be around other sex positive people because we definitely don't live in a world like that and sometimes I'm like so damn tired and it sounds like so funny but someone will be like oh I'm going to a sex party and I'm like yeah I don't even want to fuck I'm probably gonna show up in sweats but like but my makeup will be cute but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like I want to just be in the energy of sex positive people so I don't feel so discouraged by like yeah. the the everyday battles I'm trying to fight you oh, know yeah. oh yeah um, so there are so many valid reasons to go to a sex party that don't involve having sex. Oh, absolutely. Now I'm thinking
0: what fantasies have I, do I have often mm. that I haven't tried out to see whether I like it or not. They're actually I, also but that also has me thinking, I don't know if I've been fantasizing a lot recently. Mm. You said you haven't been masturbating much, so probably not. I did masturbate the other day. Yeah. Oh, for the, time, okay. for the first time. Okay. How'd that like go? What'd times? you masturbate with? like a, a toy breeder yeah okay um I, mean, I was gonna say i can't use my hand anymore it does nothing yeah. <laughs> it i can't that can i happen. can't do i can't use my hand anymore i'm ah, just was, lazy i am too
1: <laughs> honestly why I sit there when you can just amen zzz. the
0: worst thing was i i sat there and i was like and actually you know what you know what it got me turned turned on i was looking for lingerie <laughs> I saw boobs and I was like, okay, now I'm turned on. <laughs> that happens <laughs> and to then, me all the time. Yeah. But then I was like, and a lot of the times, the the reason I stop, ma- I don't start masturbating is because afterwards I don't want to have to like get up, put my vibrator away, pee, mm. wash my hands, clean it. Yeah. You know, when I'm already like cozy in bed. But this time I was like, you know what? No, I haven't done it in a while, and I probably need to. So I tried it out. Went great. The cats kind of tried to bother me at one point, just shushed them away. Cats?
1: It's like they know. I know.
0: Well, I had my phone out, and, like, Marie wanted to come see what I was looking at, and I was like, (laughs) Like, no, "No, Marie. Marie and Tieso are the worst. I was telling that in another pod episode where, like, they'll literally, the two of them come right here and just, like,
1: oh my, sit there and watch. (laughs) And I'm
0: like, uh, excuse me. But then, yeah, but then that just had me thinking. I'm like, wait a minute. What? Have I just not been fantasizing a lot recently? But that also could just be the fact that I just haven't been as horny or aroused as i usually am so maybe that's why the two guys um, that i'm uh, the two guys that i'm sleeping with right now they know of each other um but they don't know each other and i fantasize i was like fantasizing about having sex with one of them it was uh, like a meditation masturbation have you ever Mm, tried that i
1: love those yeah get into like a meditative
0: state and then start masturbating yeah Mm -hmm. dope anyways so I did that and like I was having sex with one of them and then the other one came up and then we all had like we all had a threesome and I was like ever since that that's like been my number one fantasy mm-hmm. I'm like I need to make this happen you should send them both this episode be <laughs> <laughs> like hey I need you to listen at the uh, 47 minute mark yeah <laughs> interesting I don't know I mean like I said this is this has been a topic that I find really interesting and like I loved that whenever we posted it, In the original episode, like, a lot of people were also, like, oh, my goodness. And, like, I just always want to encourage people to, like, really allow yourself to, like, explore, like, your fantasies, what your body, like, reacts to, is aroused to, like, all those things. Especially men. Yeah. I really think that, like, majority of men are probably, like, romantically uh, attracted to women. Yeah. But, like, tend to be either, like, homo, physically or sexually homosexual or bisexual.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I think a lot more men are fluid. Well, I think all people, if you, if we were to take away everything that we learn about how to be a person who's valuable in society, which means like you get a job and you get married and you da 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 and you do all of these things that you're quote unquote supposed to do. If we took all of that away, I think all people would realize that they're fluid. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh yeah. But you know, we are conditioned to view things a certain way. And I think like men have it pretty tough right now with having to like, quote unquote, be a man, negotiate with what that means, but then also be a feminist. Hopefully they want to be feminist um, because other people are treated pretty poorly, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and just these these kind of contradicting ideas right now with men and masculinity. But um,
0: Mm -hmm. I would agree there. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And so then it's like, how can you like sex with a man and then like try while trying to balance all your like masculinity that the totally that the world is so like confused about, which I think like, but I think that's why men are sexually frustrated.
1: I think so. Like you should explore your bisexual fantasies or fluid fantasies if you have them of one of the top seven fantasies that people also have is wearing clothing that doesn't belong to their gender um and exploring that fluidity and like cross-dressing whatever that mm-hmm. might mean for you but, so and women
0: have it so easy because we do we can cross cro- yeah we and can it's really fine. And it's, it's fine. a lot more
1: accepted yeah and if
0: a guy wears a skirt suddenly everyone's like uh yeah, yeah. like
1: are you trans are you non-binary are yeah. you confused are you What's gay going on? Yeah. are you and gay like- and like i mean it's a skirt yeah. Like I remember
0: I'll never forget one time my mother was visiting and uh, we were driving down uh sunset mm. and there was a guy on the crosswalk looked very manly, yeah, masculine, whatever you're gonna call it. Yeah. And uh he was wearing like tennis shoes and this like just very simple dress. Mm. And I remember my mom was like, Why is he wearing a dress? He doesn't look gay. And I'm like, It's probably just comfortable, mom. That yeah. dress looks comfy as fuck. And yeah. she was like I hadn't thought of that and I'm like, you know, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, sometimes like clothes can just be about like comfort. dresses 100%. aren't really comfy. It oh, was hot so comfortable. It was hot outside like yeah. yeah, so it's too bad it's just not socially acceptable for us to be topless though absolutely it's it's <laughs> really annoying I know it's sexualized. in new york in new york it is yeah new york
1: it's City. well and it's funny i remember there was like i don't think this is legal anymore but in san francisco when i was going to berkeley at the time i would go to the castro and there was something called naked corner where legally you could be naked on this one corner of castro street and there were like nudists who like hung out there like every day like they, it. they were there And um, I remember like thinking that was so great and then realizing like, ah, but I still don't feel like I still don't feel like I would experience a a experience that I'm looking for. If I'm just like naked in the middle of Castro Boulevard because breasts and and, like certain bodies are so sexualized Mm -hmm. that like and also like the fact that people really feel in our current historical moment that you could take a photo of anyone or anything that Mm. that's like you're right, you know, Mm -hmm. and so like. It, it makes it difficult to enjoy your own nudity.
0: That is true. Yeah. The phone thing does turn it off for me.
1: Yeah, like those are those are certainly, you know, the things that that I personally think about. But it's interesting because when I talk to my friends who are nudists, one of the biggest misconceptions about that community is that it's like a super sexualized one. Mm. And that like nudists or being in the nude with groups of people is like, really not that sexual. I mean, think of going to a spa with women of all different ages. Like there are spas just down the street from here mm-hmm. that like I go to and I see women who are like in their sixties with their like grandchildren, like at the, you know, spa. And it's so nice to be able to see women's bodies that are so different and get that normal like different in the sense of like just different age groups mm-hmm. um and different sizes and everything. Like we don't get that kind of experience, I think, across the board, like men trans, non-binary, none of us really get that experience of seeing older bodies in a way that's very neutral and normal normalized. But when you go that, to like yeah. nudist communities, that's more of the vibe as opposed to we're all gonna fuck. Yeah. And like yeah. there are families who are part of nudist communities. Like it's certainly a child safe space if you're in a space that's mindful of like this is a family environment. But yeah. It's reminds like me when of, we
0: went to Wee Spa.
1: Yeah. Oh, that was literally, that's what yeah. I was thinking in my yeah. head. Of just imagining these older women with their grandkids, like, at Wee Spa. But I also, well, we I went, love. Oh, or, I was going
0: to say, we went to Wee Spa one time, mm-hmm. and this mom brought her little girl, who was probably, like, probably around somewhere between, like, five and seven. Mm-hmm. And it was just completely normal. Yeah. yeah. yeah was everyone like, was naked. Yeah. Or, like, all the women in the in the women area were naked. <laughs> also, Camilla, is your mic, raise it a little bit. It's so low. Oh, but you can hear me just fine. Are you sure? Like, just fine. Okay. Anyways, yeah. it, it doesn't sound echoey? No. Okay. Move it up if you want me to. Thank you. I rem- it's going to bother me. I remember whenever uh, my ex and I went to Ibiza and all the nude beaches. Oh, yeah. It was like, I remember seeing this, like, kid and a mom and or were, like, you know, families and their dynamics. And I was like, I wonder, like, if that would change or if that would kind of, like, affect you know, hey, probably kids have a much healthier relationship with the body and the naked yeah. body rather than here like you know, there's so much shame around like nakedness. Yeah. but also it made me like that as I, as you were mentioning that it made me think like does that kind of like affect their sexuality as they grow up just because mm-hmm. like then they have like a different perception of the body rather yeah. than like, I don't know because here in America, like I said, you know, everything oh, that I grew up with was like so like sexualized. I, like if that was taken away, would I have like seen me- like men and women's bodies differently and then would that, would that have like established different patterns in my sexuality? I don't
1: know I mean it could have, but I also think like we don't do ourselves any favors by thinking or assuming the grass will be greener mm-hmm, on the other true. side because um, I mean like my family's from France and like sexual patterns and norms are a little bit different over there than they are here. And dating patterns and norms are much different over in France, like in France, Husha. well, it, you, you don't really go on a date like it's the way that you do in America. Like in America, it's very um, systemized, where it's like, okay, so now we're going on a date, and then if I like you, I'm gonna give you a kiss, and there's all of these markers for courtship. Mm-hmm. And then in France, it's like two people can hang out, and then they hang out again, and then they hang out again, and then maybe they fuck. And then maybe they fuck some more and then maybe they stop talking and then maybe, you know, there isn't really as strict of a courtship style. Mm. And so people sort of fall into relationships a little bit differently and a little bit um, with a little less emphasis, I think, on what's happening and what's happening when and is something happening by a certain time. I remember my dad one time, I was dating this girl and she like did all the things right and like the... um, the very like the the way you date nowadays. Like she asked me out, and then we went on a date, and then she paid for it, and then they, like all the little things. And then I remember telling my dad about it, and he was like, "That's weird," because my dad's <laughs> from France. He's he's English second language, and um, you know, yeah, French American, but born and raised in France his whole life. And so when I was telling him, and I was like. Telling him almost to brag, like, look, I caught a good one. And my dad was like, this is all weird. Like, so I guess she likes you. It's fine. Like, is that (laughs) that's the point? Like, you like each other? I'm like, well, yeah, because we did all of these things. And um yeah,
0: it's interesting cuz what you mentioned there about like maybe how the French approach it that it sounds more like establishing patterns. It does. Rather than yeah. like checking the boxes of courtship.
1: Totally. So, totally. It reminds
0: me of Emily in Paris. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. I hey, I love, love that show. That show. The, the show. cast, I fuck off. the entire cast. Yeah. Amen. Ooh. Oh
1: um, um and, no, at the also, same time yeah. <laughs> sophie or what's her sylvie sylvie is just like sylvie's <gasps> amazing i am literally just like i want to be her
0: when i and like yeah. i i will say this and to go back on the Wee Spot tangent too i was i thought of this too like every time i see older women really owning their bodies i'm like there is no need to fear aging yeah no and i look no, at sylvie absolutely. and i'm like there is no you can be as fabulous as she is 100 yeah. percent um, well, I had another point about patterns, but now I forgot. Well, it also just reminded me, like, in, how in Emily in Paris, like, Sylvie is the mistress to that one guy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. For, you know, some time and, like, everyone's cool with it. Yeah. yeah. Everyone uh, knows, And they, okay, yeah, the, yeah. 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 I, I did go on um, or I did talk to a couple French guys. I dated one. Um, about a year or two ago and uh, I was like wow like it's just the culture is very different for sure but I was gonna say about the patterns thing it reminds me that like every time people ask like how to make friends with benefits relationships work Mm. long term I'm like don't establish patterns
1: Mm.
0: like keep it very like sporadic like Mm. don't no good morning text no yeah and so like and that was one Mm -hmm. of the things I was explaining to one of my friends with benefits recently is because we were like We're like, well, we don't know where we want this to go, but we like each other, you know, a lot. And so, and I told him, I'm like, that's fine, but like, I'm not going to look to establish patterns. And he was like, well, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm not going to like create patterns that suddenly means like I rely on those things. And that's like, you know, kind of what I expect out of this relationship. I was like, so, you know, like if we text each other, we text each other. If we don't, we don't. Like Mm. all, if we decide to hang out, we'll hang out. If we don't, we don't. But like, I don't want to keep it like I, I... Yeah, that's kind of how I usually tend to differentiate um, the people that I date or see, sleep with casually versus, like, the people that I'm more committed to. Yeah. If I'm committed to someone, then I'll I'll look to the patterns. That's totally fine. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, any final thoughts? I don't think I have any. Mm. This is a fascinating conversation. Yeah, explore people. Yeah, even if you you open the door and don't, you know, go through it, at least you opened it and saw what was inside. Wait, I want to ask Joseph. Um, you can't see him on camera or hear him, but he is our um but well, he's at the studio here. Anyways, what have you discovered what you're like physically attracted to versus what you're like romantically attracted to you to? Um, I think it's I'm
1: attracted to women and romantically
0: attracted to women. Okay, so yeah. physically and romantically straight, okay, heterosexual. Mm. so you haven't had any sexual like or physical re- reactions i don't know what's the way to put it towards like men ever interesting okay and that's fine that's really that fine happen. and i'm not saying that that's like you know yeah. that
1: i don't that's think there's not anything true, yeah. yeah and i also don't think like it makes someone like less empowered as a sexual person if they're like straight or like, exactly their sexual no, or romantic preferences like align with the status quo yeah you know like because life is short live it the way it makes you feel happy like sex is is nourishing and I think it, our only job is to not like shame ourselves and to be kind to others and that's maybe it. i need to do a
0: better see that's and and I'm self-aware in this so I mm. will i will gladly point it out but sometimes i always tend to think that straight people like fully straight yeah fully straight they just haven't explored it but it's true like there are actually like fully heterosexual people and like i i recognize that i validate it i'm not saying like it's an invalid thing and i and i probably need to stop (laughs) questioning every time someone's like oh i'm fully straight and i'm immediately like
1: it's so but funny because I thought valid. the it's same valid. thing yeah. for a, for a while because just because I have an experience that isn't straight, so then yeah. of course I project my own experience. But I remember at one That's point one of is. my yeah. friends telling me like, "Well, do you believe that like lesbians exist?" I'm like, "Of course I do," and then she was like, "Well, then why can't straight people exist because they're both monosexual, which basically means you are attracted to one gender yeah. sexually or gay men yeah. um, or gay men or you know whatever." Exactly. And she was like, "If you believe that lesbians and gay men exist." Then why wouldn't the other side of the spectrum exist? And I was like, because they hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> and, then that, and that's a whole other. Maybe, yeah, maybe but. it is like my, but I but
0: I, I guess like on, I, I guess like my overall thing would be is like just explore it and like see. So then you find out, okay, I'm actually really fully straight. Yeah. Or I'm actually fully monosexual, like yeah. gay, lesbian, whatever. Or you're like, oh, I thought I was hetero, but it actually turns out maybe I'm a little bi, mm. you know? Or, you know, if they're, if they're romantic and sexual interests are kind of a little bit varied and not as, you know, mm. what's the word I'm looking for, congruent as they thought they were. Mm. So yeah. I don't know, maybe I, I question myself a lot. I'm like constantly questioning myself, anything that goes on. I'm like, what, how, let me study this. Mm-hmm. So it's like, but, so I don't know if everyone else does that. And so like, I don't know. Maybe. Have you ever thought some things you don't have to question, you can just let them be? Um... I don't know. I'll have to think see because I, like I feel like that's where you—that's where you and I differ. Because I feel like mm. you're always like, "Oh, what's this and why?" Let me, you know, let me find the reason. I'm over here like, "Oh, that's it. Okay." Yeah. Interesting. thats very Taurus of you, and it's very Aquarius of me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Or Scorpio, maybe. Regardless, um, I will try to make a more active effort to let some
1: things be. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. Anyways. Nadege,
0: do you want to plug yourself?
1: Oh yeah. Well, if anybody is um, interested in learning more about me, my name is Nadege. I'm a sex scholar. My website is pleasurescience.com. Uh, you could find me on TikTok and Instagram at pleasure science. Um, I do one-to-one work and client work with people. I have a 60-day sex breakthrough program, which is dope. So please check that out. And, of course, check out the Sex Sextrology book. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, everything is on my website. So I will see you over there, curious listeners.
0: I need to read it. I was flipping through earlier, and I was like, I want to stop and read this section, but we had a recording to get to. So, <laughs> um, And you can find us, Kami and Nikki, at Cami and Nikki and at Double Team Podcast. Now that we have our Instagram back, i can't remember if i mentioned another episode but a girl i met at a sex party helped me get her account back oh so my they're, god they're phenomenal networking events they are phenomenal they, really, yeah, they are really are i you mainly guys. use them for networking yeah same. I uh, I, I like that. Same. and maybe i shouldn't give away that speaker but anyways um also tiktok at <clears throat> double teen podcast all relevant links double
1: don't forget, forget live weird. show oh.
0: will be in april's so in the bay area more details coming soon so just prepare for that and then yeah i think we're going to i think nikki's going to man the cami and nikki account and i'm going to man the, the double team uh, the podcast double team podcast account i so. love that so we're about to get weird on cami and nikki <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, just it's going to be like really abstract photos Keep of it like community cam- guidelines please <laughs> that's sleeping all I ask. <laughs> Okay, thanks guys. We'll see you next week. Wear condoms. Wear condoms, bye. bye.